Welcome to the leftovers. You will notice a slight change in setup. We're experimenting with how we capture our audio. We've been having some feedback from mainly listeners and some watchers about how low the volume is, both on this and another podcast that we produce. So I'm trying something out. I think this will work a bit better. I hope they're not too distracting. They're very attractive microphones. I chose our prettiest ones. So I hope that helps. Here I'm uh, accompanied by Beth. Good morning. Good afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, hello Beth. Thank you for jumping on. Last week I mentioned that we were doing these again because we've started a new sermon series. And obviously, as last week was the first week, that makes this week the second week. And so Beth was uh, the preacher for yesterday, um, which is why she's with us today. Firstly, how are you? Good. Wind swept. It's very windy it right now. very windy today. Um, you may hear it in um, <laughs> while you're listening. That's how windy it is. We had, uh, firstly, I have to apologize because we had some sermon recording issues yesterday. There were too many sermons on the memory card and so it only captured about 16 minutes of Beth's sermon, and I think she was around 30. Maybe I was 30. definitely longer than 16 yeah. minutes. <laughs> so um, I won't put up half of her sermon. What I will do, however, is ask if she can give a brief summary. And I think she's going to spring a question on me as well. Mm. Um, so we'll, uh, I've got my, that's why I've got my notes. We'll see how that goes. So Beth, can you give us a brief summary? You did the second part of yeah, chapter Yeah, well, one. shall I read the, the section? Because it's very short. And I would like to remind our listeners that I did set homework Yes. For this week, which was to memorize this passage of scripture. So let me just start uh, by reading the section. This is one Colossian, uh, Colossians chapter one. <laughs> we've been do- we, sorry, we've been doing that ever since we started the series. We've been saying, oh, we're in one Corinthians. No, one Colossians. No, Colossians one. So yeah. if it happens during the um, We <laughs> the do episodes, mean Colossians. We do mean Colossians. We'll say that now. It'll be on screen. We mean Colossians. Um, sorry, Beth, if go ahead. If we accidentally say 1 Corinthians, we, we mean Colossians. Yeah, no pressure to say Colossians. Colossians now. 1, verse 15 to 23. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. So w- really we were focusing on uh, the second half of that verse 18, which says, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. And we were looking at particularly 
uh, Christ supreme in creation and Christ as supreme over the church. Um, and so we were looking firstly at creation. Uh, this passage says he is the firstborn over all creation. We spent some time looking at that not being firstborn, uh, indicating his origin. Um, like we would say firstborn child would be the first child of, of a couple. Um, but firstborn in scripture being a theme that's traced from Genesis right through the end of a position of power and authority and sovereignty um, rather than a temporal origin. So, so if he's firstborn over all creation, it means he's supreme, he reigns, he's authoritative over creation. Um, and Paul goes on to stress this. So if you just took that verse out of context, as some of the cults do, um, to say that Jesus is a created being, mm. they miss what Paul is going on to reiterate. So then for the rest of this passage, you may notice he says all things seven times. He really is stressing that he, uh, Christ is firstborn over all creation. All things were created through him, invisible, visible, heaven and earth, powers, thrones, rulers, authorities, all things have been created through him and for him, as if to stress he is the creator, he's not a creature. When you want to make a point, you repeat yourself loads and loads of times, yeah. don't you? So it's quite clear. In case they missed it, yeah. let me say it again. It's quite clear Paul has a, a, an agenda here. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, if he's re repeating all things so many times, if Jesus was a created being, it wouldn't be all things that he created because he would be one of the things included yeah. in all things. But the fact that Paul stresses that everything was created through him, for mm. him, by him, sustained by him. It's to highlight that he isn't one, he isn't a created being. He is the creator. Uh, so we spent a long time looking at that. Um, then we moved on to Christ being head of the church, supreme in the church, firstborn from among the dead. So again, that firstborn title uh, meaning that he is ruler, authoritative, powerful, but it's also looking at firstborn in creation, but this is the new creation, firstborn from among the dead. So that resurrection body that welcomed in the new creation, the promise of the new creation. Again, it's he's firstborn from all time, from the beginning to the end, everything in between, including the new creation life in eternity. Mm. Um, and if he's our head... It means he's our, um, the one that directs and governs. Um, he's our source of life. And so I was looking at as well um, what happens when we disconnect ourselves from the head, which Paul goes on to talk about in chapter two, um, that the false teachers, the people who have taken their eyes off of Christ as head and followed other doctrines or um, gone their own way, they're disconnecting themselves from the he head, which is dangerous because if if the body isn't connected to the head, you're dead. Yeah, um, we could draw huge parallels here to, it would be hugely drifting from the topic, so I don't want to pursue it, but maybe one day we can we can look into the, the C of E and the Catholic Church and how they have their heads of the church and, and things like that. Um, but we won't go into that now. I just wanted to say what, what struck me before maybe we get into your what you couldn't do, mm. what you couldn't say, is, I mean, it, it, it's a clearly obvious point, but one that we need to remind ourselves of is that before Jesus, no one had seen God. Yeah. And this is a point you made 
beautifully. Even Moses asked to see, but had to hide in in a rock cliff face. Yeah. Is that yeah? Um, but here we have the the unseen God in flesh, incarnate, can now be seen and touched. Mm. But there's no difference between their nature. They are God. Yeah, they're both God. The two aspects. I don't. I'm being very careful with my language. Same God here on earth, living among us, dwelling with us. It's incredible. And yeah. now we have the Holy Spirit. And that that was taken out of the very first um, verse there, that the, he is not an image of God. Is, He's yeah. not like us who are made in the image of God, yeah. but he is the image of God. Yeah. We could get into Mormonism here really easily as well. I was just watching a video. Go check it out, actually. Um, Apologia Studios. The title, I think, is Heated Debate with a Mormon, I think, is the title. But it's a great um, discussion because it's talking about um, God being, well, Jesus being created and an exalted man. This is the passage that disputes mm. that, or one of the many that disputes that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah at, before the incarnation, no one had seen God with their eyes. He revealed himself through the prophets, through creation, but never his actual being. being. Yeah, cracking. <laughs> very, very careful with my language. Um, that was what really jumped out to mm. me. I thought, th I mean, this passage is beautiful. It's stunning. Well, you can tell why I want people to memorize it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to commit here on this podcast to say I'm going to write this to music. Mm. Maybe well, not in a week. That's what but. we spoke about as well, didn't we? That it was originally, it was a hymn and it yeah. would have been sung. And so you just think about all the glorious richness of this passage, that theology um, that the early church would have sung. So it would have really got into them deep and, and they would have known this. They'd have been able to draw on this. And so it is, it is something for us to think about in the songs that we sing, you know, what are we singing is it the truth? Is it rich theology? Is it stuff that we need to be teaching our congregation? Because so often you learn things through song yeah. as we learn with, with the children. Which is why we, we, we sing, well, we, we, we don't sing many, many songs that come from particular places. We won't get into that now. Maybe we will do. Yeah, I think that would um, be a good podcast episode. It, it would be. Why we don't sing Bethel and Hillsong. Elaborating why, <laughs> showing clips of why we don't. Mm. Um, I mean, here's a line, for example, you unravel me with a melody. What does that mean? To a new Christian, that's not a helpful sentence. Yeah, when we and could we be singing, that. when we could be singing this we passage. We can also <laughs> say that with hymns as well, to be fair. Here I raise my Ebenezer. The average Joe isn't going to know what an Ebenezer is, except for Ebenezer Duck or Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, I, I, I did used to think it meant that you gave up your Ebenezer Scrooge-like miserly <laughs> self and put it on the altar before God. Well, I mean, so that's what I used to sing, like, God, take my my selfish, take, miserly take my inner being. I, that works. <laughs> that's a good thing to do. Not quite sure that's what the hymn writer had in mind. Though. No, not quite. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to, to share from yesterday or do you want to get into what you didn't have time for? Um... Well, I think it was mainly just the point about have Christ having the supremacy in everything. And whenever we focus on um, things in life or other teachings and doctrines, that what we're doing is we're removing our eyes and our focus from Christ. Mm. Um, and effectively, we're saying 
it's not Christ alone, but it's Christ plus, and that Christ is, a, even though we may not say this and, and confess it with our mouths, with our lives, we're saying that Christ isn't sufficient. And so even if you're, you know, having a chat with someone and your first thing is to start gossiping or your first thing is to start diving into this um, dark side web type thing, you're, you're getting away from what our, our true focus should be and, and just repeating that, that part in scripture that says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks and really wanting this to be what's in the abundance of our heart. A sentence came to me as you were talking about that. It's in the world, not of the world. Mm. And I think the world can get caught up by so many stories, so many things that can distract us from the central point. And all we need is Christ for salvation is the central point. That's all we need. Now we can get into the works and deeds and all that. Which is, I think, what we're going to be getting into now. Great. Amazing. So th this can be a segue. What, what an unplanned segue. Um, so the, the Catholic Church would say, you need to do your deeds to be mm -hmm. saved alongside Christ's redemptive act at the cross. Whereas we would say, no, we are saved by the redemptive work of Christ at the cross and our actions come from that. As a result. And are, but are not a saving factor. Yeah. So t take, take, us, take us to that. Well, I mean, this this is kind of the, the last section that I didn't have time to get into. I spent so long in the first five verses. <laughs> I did wonder when you were going to get on. Yeah. <laughs> but here we are. Here we on. are. I, I saved it for this. So this comes in at verse 21. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now you have been reconciled by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. So that really sums up kind of what you were talking about there, doesn't it? About the fact that we are <clears throat> saved by grace through faith. Yeah that we were enemies of God, we were evil in behavior, our minds were evil, but he, God, reconciled us. So it was nothing that we did. We weren't reconciled to God by ourselves, but God reconciled us to himself yeah. by Christ's physical body through death. Now I know in, in this time, there was something called Gnosticism, which was named later on. Mm. So that doesn't matter. It, it no. is it, things can happen and be named later. Like a baby can be born and then be given a name three days later. It doesn't mean that baby is a different didn't baby exist. or that baby doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. It's it was there. But but what what was happening in the early church that we see tackled in Colossians, also tackled in letters like one, two, three, John. Uh, things like that is this this idea of Gnosticism that the physical material world is bad and the spiritual world is good. Mm. And so they were saying that Christ didn't physically die, but it's a spiritual truth by which our spiritual selves, our spirits are saved. Therefore, we can do whatever we want in the flesh because our spirits are saved. The flesh is evil anyway. And so the flesh is and material world doesn't count. 
It's the spiritual world that counts. Does that take away from the redemption of all creation at Christ's second coming? Yeah. Is that what's happening there? Yeah. And, and so they were saying that because of that, Christ didn't physically die because to have a physical body would be... It, it would just be wrong for them because why would God take on a physical body if physicality was evil? Which has taken away the whole, now, slightly theological word, substitution, oh, I can't even say it, substitutionary atonement, which is Christ's sacrifice in our place. Mm. Because for humans to be redeemed, humans had to be punished for their sin. Yeah. And we couldn't, we couldn't take that on ourselves, hence Jesus coming in human form, in in, in, flesh. in flesh, incarnation, in meat, in carny. Flesh. <laughs> flesh. Flesh. <laughs> to be that atonement mm. in our place. So this has taken away our physical redemption, right? Yeah. And, and like I read yesterday, I went back to the 1 Corinthians 15 passage where Paul's saying, um, kind of along these lines again, if Christ didn't physically raise from the dead then what's the point? Why yeah. are we doing this? Why am I trying to get to my peak physical fitness by the age of 33 if Jesus... <laughs> if you're not going to physically be raised again. <laughs> I, just, I, may, I, I don't know when I started. Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't believe it like gospel. I, it's kind of a, a kind of joke that I think our, our um, resurrected bodies will be around the age of 33 because Jesus died at the age of 33. Was and was resurrected, resurrected. <laughs> at the age of 33. But I am in good company. David Pawson, the late, great David Pawson, joins me in this. I found out through you. I, I had no idea. I thought you picked it up from him, to be honest. No, I don't. I, I mean, maybe I did. Maybe I did hear him say it one day, and then it just was rejogged in my memory. Yeah. But anyway, physical redemption. Gnosticism is, Gnosticism, Gnosticism is denying that. The physical, physical nature of, just, of redemption, so, yeah. So... New Earth, in the Gnostic mindset, is a spiritual, yeah, ethereal realm. Yeah. Whereas we don't see that. In no, the Bible. and and that's what I'm saying here is that Paul is literally tackling that by saying that we've been reconciled by Christ's physical body through death. Physical body. Physical body. Physical body. <laughs> Not just his body which they could say oh they mean you know as metaphorically of, yeah yeah um like water doesn't have a body but a body of water yeah but it, paul is saying no it is literally his physical body and he says earlier in um i think it was um verse 20 he says that he has made peace through his blood shed on the cross that's a very physical tangible thing isn't it the blood mm. Of Christ, and he he reiterates this again. It's reconciliation through Christ's physical body through death, and so twice there he is saying, "No, Christ actually died on that yeah. cross, and it's through that death that God has reconciled us to Himself, because we were enemies of God." And so that's quite an amazing thing, isn't it? I mean, at, at verse twenty-two, it starts, "But now," and we always love to talk about Paul's big butts. The big butts of the gospel. I have never spoken about Paul's big butts. Haven't you? No. <laughs> well, you just think... <laughs> I wasn't in the same class as you at Bible College, to be fair. <laughs> Very different lessons, it Paul sounds like. Paul always lays it out as, this is the state that we were in, which can be quite negative. If you dwell on it too much, you think, oh, goodness, 
we were so bad. Keep talking, I'm going to turn the heating off. It's getting <laughs> quite hot in here. Alienated from God, enemies in our minds. You know, there there isn't a worse moral state to be in. Um, because of our evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body. Let's yeah, let's get into salvation. We could we, this could be such a long conversation because there's this whole. I mean, getting back to salvation. Um, can we doubt our salvation? As we were talking earlier, I, I thought, well, like we're talking about works. Works are the fruit of our redemption, our salvation through Christ. If you're not saved, there'll be no fruit. Can we, we, we need to get into a space where we are, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Assessing our lives to see if we are bearing fruit, the fruit of mm. our salvation. Yeah. Are we able to doubt that? Is is that something we, we can we doubt if we're saved? If For example, if we're in this low point in our lives, we're feeling terrible about everything. We're not plugged into a local church. We're not plugged into any ministry or anything like that. We're not serving. We're not being fed. Is that a space where we can doubt our salvation? Like many people would have been during during lockdown. Oh, wow. Um. Sorry, that's quite, <laughs> I just saw your this point here. Yeah, hold on confidently. I mean, that this is getting into verse 23, which is talking, I mean... The, the very fact that we in ourselves are enemies of God, but it's through Christ's death that we are, he, he goes on to say, to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Mm. So the fact there is that it's nothing that we do, and yet we are being presented as holy and without blemish yeah. in God's sight. So we can be confident in Christ's act. Yeah, the, the very fact own. of Christ's death and resurrection and the fact that we believe that fact, mm. you know, that in itself is what changes us in our identity. And it doesn't mean we don't go through periods where we're maybe weaker faith-wise, in a bit of a lull. I think everyone... Doubting, doubting questioning things in, in life, you know, questioning yeah. salvation, questioning Jesus, questioning the Lord. David did that in the Psalms. I think everyone goes through, you know hills and valleys yeah great song there tall and wells <laughs> hills and valleys where you know you can be um on the highest mountain top having that amazing experience like um elijah did with the prophets of baal where he saw the fire fall from heaven um and then immediately afterwards jezebel's like i'm gonna kill him and so he runs away and is in um the, in the wilderness place mm. And he's praying to God. One, Lord? He's praying to God, kill me now. Mm. It's better if I'm dead. I wish I were dead. So even, you know, people who are Elijah's go through those highs and lows. But I think the reality is that it's not whether we feel like we're saved. It's not whether we feel like we are have that assurance. So what what is faith faith doesn't just stop when we give our life to jesus no so talk to us about about faith so faith is when we look to the one who promises mm. so when we say we are saved by grace through faith that's when we are looking to god who has made that promise 
that he will save us by his son. And when we look to him, that's us saying, yes, I believe that. I'm looking to you to see you fulfill that promise. Could you not point to me at your hand, please? Not you. (laughs) Um, And so it's that idea of, um, you know, where are your eyes fixed again? And so are we fixing our eyes and looking to Christ who is our head? Or are we looking at something else? Not the one who promised. We see that in culture so much today, don't we? I mean... This might be a segue into your your last point, the whole identity politics and and young people, not just young people, but people in society being so confused about who they are that they change who they were made to be into something they feel like they are. Mm. The Bible is a solution to that. Jesus is a solution because you're, you're about to talk to us about where we should find our identity, not in our sin not in our jobs, not in what society is telling us, how we feel that particular day. But wh- where should we find it? Yeah, in Christ. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. It's been a joy. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, the idea of faith being looking to the one who promises means that no matter what's going on, you continue in the faith by continually mm. looking to him and for him. And so it's not then going out into the world and looking to your sexuality to give you that identity. And that that can be straight or yeah, whatever homosexual, whatever. whatever. 5, trying to think of the different sexualities. Trying to think of the correct word. <laughs> no, it can it can be anything, um, mm. but it's what you are looking at in order to identify who you are. Yeah. And so I think with the whole faith and works thing, this this is getting into, um, even in the evangelical church, we fall guilty of this. We say that we're saved by grace through faith, but then we say, oh, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. If I haven't done my Bible study, if I haven't prayed um, for 15 minutes, if I haven't um, given a set amount of my money, which are all good things and we all should be doing, but we, we see these things as works that we do in order to prove that we have been saved by grace through faith. Mm. But really what Paul is saying is that if you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, that it's not continuing by works, but you are saved by faith and you continue by faith. Yeah, And faith is a gift. Faith is as a well. gift. We are gifted a certain amount of faith. And, and Possibly different amounts during during different moments in our life. I was I was going to say that I think that there is definitely, um, you know, just the faith that we have in Christ. But then also when we're going through certain situations, God will gift us the faith that we need mm. to to persevere through those things. But it is very much this is. I think this this passage is confronting like the once saved always saved idea, mm. the mentality that. It's nothing that we've done, but then there is, the, there is that condition, that if, if you continue in the faith. And I don't know, we could get into Arminianism and Calvinism if you want. Arminians saying that if you continue in your faith being that you have to persevere, that you were actually saved, but you have to continue and persevere in your mm. salvation um, and you can lose that. Which is borderline works. 
well no no it's it's slightly different i think because we're saying that you're continuing in the faith you're not getting baptized and then saying right that's it i don't need to do anything else i'm saved whatever which is which we would say is an extreme version of calvinism i don't think calvinists well maybe i'm wrong i don't think many calvinists would say okay baptized you're done no calvinists would say that would agree it's if you continue in your faith but that if you continue in your faith is the evidence of your salvation. And so if you don't continue in the faith, then the evidence is you weren't actually saved. But they would take a stance of once saved, always saved because of ele- election, right? Well, they would say that if, if you were actually saved, you would be one of the ones who are continuing in the faith. That's the evidence of your salvation. However, Arminianism says that you can be actually saved, but now whether you choose to persevere or not, you can lose that salvation. Okay, maybe we we don't need a whole episode on this. I where, think... Where would, where would you stand? I don't know. It's a, because it's, it's... Calvin didn't write the Bible, right? No. Neither did the originator no, of and, Armenianism. And I think... And so it's important not to rely just on what Calvin said, no. just on what the other person said. It's important like we've not been to saying. put yourself in these kind of groups because... Like we've been saying, that can then become an identity thing that you're then looking to Calvin or um, James Arminius and and saying, well, that's what I want to follow. No, the idea is that we're following Christ and that we're holding firm to that faith and looking to that one who promises Whatever, Whatever fringe things you have, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Jesus. But I think ultimately what Paul's getting at is persevering in the faith that it's not a case of being baptized confessing that you believe and then not bothering Mm. and we're getting back again to the gnostic idea well no the gnostic idea that the physical body doesn't matter Mm. my spirit is saved i can do what i want with my physical body it doesn't matter and paul's saying no it's everything is so linked intrinsically linked together that christ has saved the whole of us because the whole of him died and was resurrected. And so that has an outworking in the whole of us. It's not what we do um, means that we are then saved, Mm. but what it is is because we have been saved, because we are united with Christ in his death and resurrection, it will have an outworking in the way that we live. um, And we have to keep holding on looking to the one who saves Mm. and holding on to those promises, um, which coming back to your questioning, doubting salvation. That's so important. We're looking to the one who promises and holding on to what he promises, even when we don't see it, even when Mm. we don't feel it, like in that song. Don't see it. And yeah, I think if you are in that place while listening or watching to this episode, watching to, watching this episode, give Colossians Mm. one a read. Uh, and be encouraged uh, of Christ's supremacy over all situations, whatever um, place you're in currently, whatever mental state, whatever physical state. I just want to read some of these other passages in Scripture that kind of back up um, what we're saying here about um, we're continuing in the faith. Yeah, continue in your faith, firm and established. And this is... um, Habakkuk 2, verse 4. He says, See, the enemy is puffed up, his desires are not upright. 
but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. And so it's not about doing the works, but if we're living by faith, that will have a natural outworking, as James says, I will show you my faith by my works. Mm. And so if we're living by faithfulness, we will show, it will, it, there will be fruit. Yeah. Um, and then... And that isn't always, that doesn't always come out of effort. No. Does it? Because if you, for example, um, if you were married, for example, which <laughs> we are, you are going to want to make your husband or wife happy. You're going to want to please them. And so the, the outworking of your love is going to be from that place of wanting to to please your partner, your, mm. your spouse, which is the same thing with salvation. We are saved. Yeah. We love the Lord. We, we praise him for what he's done. And we want to please him because mm. of what he's done for us. And, and I mean, taking your illustration slightly further as well, if you're married and you love the other person, you're spending time with them, they start to rub off on you. It's true. You find yourself doing the things that the other person does. And so like, <laughs> likewise with salvation, because we love God um, and we're thankful for what he's, he's done and we're spending time with him, his characteristics will start to rub off on us and, yeah. and what he does we will start to do mm. as we start to imitate the people that we love and we spend time with mm. read to us this um this passage yeah this is a uh, romans chapter 1 verse 17 uh, which is kind of quoting habakkuk for in the gospel the righteousness of god is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last just as it is written the righteous will live by faith. So it's faith from first to last. Everything. We we don't get in by faith and then continue by doing good works. Mm. We get in by faith and we continue by faith. If you continue in your faith, firm and established, and don't move from the hope held out in the gospel, mm. that expectation that we will see the reality of what is promised in the gospel, those are the things that we have to continue in and persevere and it will have outworking in our lives, but it's those things that we have to hold on to. Amazing. I think that's a, a beautiful place to end mm. uh, this episode. If you have questions, remarks, anything to add, or if you have any challenges even, do drop us a comment. Um, again, if you're not already, subscribe, like our video, um, hit the bell if you want to be updated about when we release videos during this this um, series it'll be every week um, so do stay up to date with that again apologies about the sermon not being on the website this week but we hope that this has been um, productive and and useful for you you're about to you're on the cusp yeah of saying don't forget to memorize this <laughs> yes memorize this whatever way you do it whether you want to put it into poetry or something or or write a song or even do a rap I doubt anyone would do a rap in our congregation. You might. You <laughs> I sound cat. I sound so white. I doubt anyone will do a rap. <laughs> I wear a hat. Yes. Oh, at university one time, the the choir leader. <laughs> you know the story. Um, uh, we were putting on a was it Christmas concert? Yeah. We put on a Christmas concert for family members, and they needed a rapper for one of their their songs, and I was asked to do it because I wore my cap backwards. I refuse because I have no rapper bone in my body whatsoever. No. Um, a little little fun story for you to end. Thank you once again for joining us. Like I've said, like, subscribe, do all that fancy stuff that obviously changes the whole 
channel clearly well, it just means that more people can hear this Yes, share it with your friends as well, because we really believe this is an encouraging message mm. that the church needs to hear and stand to. Uh, thank you for joining us for the third time. We'll see you soon, being next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye now. <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs>